1: Now, we got a big show planned for you this week. This is a show I've been waiting to release for about two weeks now. I am very excited about having Charlie on. But before we get to the business, let's get to the business. The Art Bell iTunes 5-Star Rating and Reviews. If you go to iTunes, leave a 5-Star Rating and Review. You get a shout-out on the following week's show. And this week's shout-outs is... Ad Gia, Gammy64, J.M. Brebner... Little Foots ZJ, The Chili O, Crazy Goofer, Aroki 3030, Geo1 Sun, Duke Jules, The Gargoyle Lair, Shauna Skype, Cypress Side Hustle, Leon Men J VAR, Rage Rhino, Han Finch, 9422 Guy, Joe Telfer, and I Believe. Thanks so much for all those iTunes ratings and reviews. I really do appreciate it. That's a lot of them this past week. I really, really do appreciate it. Now, moving on to the Patreon shoutouts. anybody goes to patreon.com forward slash The Professionals and signs up to become a patron gets a shout-out on the following week's show. And this week's shout-outs is Tristan B, Tony H, Johnny M, Cleet G, Tim M, Andrew S, Steve H, and Carol M. Again, thank you very much for going to patreon.com forward slash the Professionals and signing up to become a patron. It really means a lot to me. And patrons, please, all of you pay attention to what's coming down the pike because there are some big things happening with Patreon and we are going to be taking things to a new level. So thank you very much and pay attention because you don't want to miss out on what is going down. Anyways, let's get to this week's show. We have Charlie coming on and Charlie is a retired military man who actually had to leave the country because of what he was involved in. He feared certain repercussions for what he was doing for the military. He comes on and talks about a downed aircraft that didn't seem like it was from this world, yet his technology worked on it when he was retrieving the data. And then he talks about the journey going back to the ship and how there was time slips and lots of other things. This show is going to take you down a wormhole that you are going to be glad you were strapped in for the ride. So let's get to it right now.
3: This is the, the first time I've actually um, told the story uh, getting into the military and all that. They offered me some jobs. And when I went in, I, I, I ended up in a uh, like special ops um, um, platoon, they didn't really tell us what the mission was. It's weird, man. We didn't know what type of aircraft we were looking for. So, so we finally get to the site of where the aircraft is. We see this aircraft, and it's it's got this big trail of debris where it's smashing through trees and all this stuff. It was super cold. It was. It, it, it was like um, it was like a checkerboard, right? But it was it was black on black, so it was like a matte black. You know what? Well, what kind of tech is on side is inside this thing? I have no idea. I don't know if I have the gear for it. It still had power inside. It was a very weird aircraft.
1: All right, today we all right today we got Charlie on the line. Charlie, how you doing, man? Hey, Tony, I'm I'm doing I'm doing pretty well.
3: Thanks for asking. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. So we're doing this interview. I think you said it's about midnight your time, and right now my time That's is right. ten o'clock in the morning. So uh, it, it's a little bit of a time difference. So I really do appreciate you coming on and uh, taking the time out of your schedule when it's such a time difference. But uh, today you have. A story or stories to share with us that are, I think, very fascinating. Uh, now, some of the things that we're going to cover today are going to be uh, generalizations, because there's some things you don't want to go into specific details about. And uh, so if there's any point in time that I ask you a question that you're not comfortable answering, just let me know and we can move on. Uh, but if you would, uh, please just kind of walk us into these experiences and how it all started. Like, Let, let us know where you're from uh, generally, at least, and uh, how old you are? What? How did this all unfold for you?
3: Okay, yeah, no, that that's that's that sounds good. Good place to start. Um, first, I would actually just like to thank you for allowing you know me to be on the show and and giving me a platform and, and listening. And uh, also, I would just like to give a special shout out to Kevin. Um I heard the special episode and and what he's dealing with so yeah. yeah prayers for that man strength and peace because that's that situation is um yeah pr- pretty pretty serious but um, <clears throat> yeah so I I just get started on this um I, I do want to just say I know I mentioned it to you earlier but um th- this is the the first time I've actually um told the story um, so there might, might be some parts, I uh, I'm i I'm a little bit nervous just, just because of the content I'm going to cover. Um, but I'm, I'm, I just want to start with, with the beginning, how it all started, uh, getting into the military and all that. So, uh, am now I'm a, I'm in my mid thirties. Um, so I've been out of the military for about five and a half years now. So all this stuff happened um you know when I was in my 20s pretty much um so just you know like like any 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 other I guess American that 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 feels the call you know I I I went to a recruiting office I took the initial tests um the rec- the recruiter that was there at the time he said um he said that he, he liked the score cuz you go in and, and you just kind of talk to him um uh, i i'm not going to disclose what branch i was part of um but i went in i took the asvab test it's just the test everyone takes and you get a prelim score and based on that score then you actually go take the official test so um i did that first um the recruiter was was pleased with my score he thought it was was pretty good cuz it's it's not like it's a you know, like you get like, uh, you know, 90% of A, B, C, whatever. It's nothing like that. It's just, it tests all different aspects of, of how your mind works. Um, so anyway, they did that. I agreed to go up to the official testing station. Uh, so it must have been maybe two weeks later we did that. Um, they, they take you up there. They put you up overnight. So I, no, excuse me, the first day I took the test, second day, um, I had the results and then I, I talked to, uh, some detailers and that's where you, where you pick your job, right? So they, they offered me based on, on my aptitude testing. They offered me some jobs and I, I chose to go into a particular intelligence job. Um, which, which was, was fine. I, I, I didn't know going into it, you know, when, when all of it started, like, where I would go, I thought maybe cryptology or something like that. But anyways, long story short, um, Intel. And um, so f- from there, you just, uh, you sign some papers, they get you all set up, they let you know roughly your, um, your leave date, where you're going to go off and, you know, you go through the boot camp and all that. Um now, now luckily for me, I'm a bit older. So I already had some life experience. Um so I, I was ready to go, man. You know, it, it it was something that that I wanted to do for a long time. I just kept ignoring the call and I, I just got to the point where I said, Okay, this is happening, so we're gonna do it. So went to went to the boot camp. Um that's that's a pretty tough twelve weeks. Um, some unbelievable stuff happens there. I actually had a pretty decent time there. Um, but yeah, they, the, the, the primary objective there is really to get the civilian out of you. So you go through everything from sleep deprivation to like physical beat downs. Not, not that they're like beating you up, but they, they push you to your limits. Yeah. And, and when I went in, I, I, uh, you know i'm a i'm I'm a pretty I've always been pretty athletic and all this stuff um you know so I was ready to go like before I went like I made sure I was ready and um you, you never really know what's gonna happen because you 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 fly to a particular airport a bus comes and picks up like you know five hundred of you um so you're on like a a caravan of buses they take you to the location where where the boot camp is. And when you get there, you have no idea what's going to happen. So you're just along for the ride. So just, just I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but just long story short, when I got there, they divide you up and they put you into different, um, you know, like groups, different platoons and stuff like that. And those are the people. So there's about 80 guys in each group. And one thing I noticed, so the first two to three days they just keep you up like there's no sleep there's no nothing going on um you're just getting ready getting um just in doc in doc in doc so what what ended up happening is i ended up in a uh like special ops platoon even though i wasn't and there were a couple other guys that also were not special ops but somehow we got lumped into this group so um i, I don't know if that actually has any significance on what happens later, as far as um where my career went, but when I look back on it now, and I and I see how that happened, I'm like, wow, that's that's actually strange. How did I actually get mixed in with this group when technically I didn't have any business there? That's I didn't sign up for anything like that, yeah. right? So, you know, it, it was just just something something weird that I look back at now. And um, yeah, so so I so I did all that. Um, once you get through the whole boot camp situation, you you then go off to your uh, like your your training command. So so you don't have orders yet. Uh, you go to get because boot camp is only about getting you ready for the real thing, right? So then you go off and then you start training for what your job is, what you're going to be doing. So I went, um, I'll just say somewhere in California and, uh, it, it, you know, California is great. If you haven't been there, it is outstanding. But, um, while I was there, I, I did what I, did what I had to do. I, I did all my schooling. Um, I think I, I was there for a couple months and, um, then I was pushed through my schooling and the way it works is each class is about 20 people males and females and they take the top performers from the class and they allow you to pick orders first so I was uh, top three in my class and I, I got to pick orders it, I was actually second out of everybody there was a female she picked first and I picked second and I originally had 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 picked an entirely different set of orders to what I what I got so what happens is you, you kind of get like a like a soft verbal commitment. As far as, okay, these are the orders available. So, okay, I picked that one, and they're like, okay, you got that one. Now you just are kind of in a holding pattern until they cut your hard orders. And once they cut your orders and you get the physical copy, then it's set in stone. You're gone. You're going. So, um, so cool. So I was ready. Um, And then, um, you know, a week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by. Um, Everybody that I was in class with. They left. I'm still there. Um, and I'm just, uh, they, they gave me a job. Uh, I was just driving the captain around. You know, he has meetings and different things like that. The captain of the, the facility we were on. So anyways, um, <clears throat> so I go and talk to one of the detailers at the training command. And I'm saying, you know, what's going on with my orders, blah, blah, blah. He, he can't give me any answers. He, he keeps telling me he'll get back to me, get back to me, get back to me. So this goes on for Man, I think it was about three months, to be honest. And and don't get me wrong, it's not that I wasn't enjoying my life because you know where I was was awesome. Um, but I was ready to get on with it. You know, I just went through all this training, and I wanted to use that. I wanted to, you know, help my country, <laughs> which 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 we did, which we did. I don't want to discount that at all. Um. So finally, one day, I, I get uh, I get called in. And the detailer's there, he's like, all right, here, here's your orders. So I, I look at the orders, and it's not the orders I picked. Um, and and it also had a, a 24-hour um, evac date. So I had to be out of there within 24 hours. So that, that I thought that was pretty strange because most people know where they're going. They have some time. Uh, me, it was just pretty much here's your orders and pack up because you're leaving. Here's your plane ticket.
1: Were you able to uh, question that at all? Were you able to ask them, you know, hey, I didn't pick these. Why am I being sent here? Is that something that, you know, you don't even ask? You just have to go.
3: No, I mean, I I did ask. Um, I I did. I did ask. And the the detailer that actually gave me the orders, he had nothing to do with it because it came down to him from somebody else. Which may have come from, you know, we don't know where they originate or why. But, but we do know ahead of time that you can be sent anywhere at any time for any reason. Okay. So, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things like the, the detailer who actually ended up giving me my hard orders. He, he didn't, you know, he, he wouldn't have a clue. He wasn't even, cause he, he's not in the same, um, like job community that I was in. Gotcha. He was just there doing a job. You know what I mean? He wasn't one of us. Um. I mean, he was one. You know, he was military, yes. But you know what I mean. He wasn't within our community. So, his, his his job, he was on, you know, orders just to be a detailer. But he had a different job altogether. But the way that cycles and rotations work, when when if you're not like in an active deployment um, part of your contract, then y- you might do any job, admin or or what have you. So so that's who he was. So, um, yeah, so, so basically my orders were to an area and and I'm not, and I'm definitely, I'm not going to say where exactly, because there's still people there working and, you know, I'm, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna, um, but it, it was in it was in the Northwest of the U S so if you can just picture the great Northwest, um, and it was, it, it was an it was an unconventional location, just put it that way. So I show up, I fly into a particular airport, and someone picks me up um, from that command. Um, and for the purposes of this story, I'm just gonna call him Bravo One. Uh, now, this guy and myself became really, really close. Uh, we're still pretty close to this day, and he actually went through the story I'm about to get into um, with me. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him later because there's some stuff going on with him too. So anyways, uh, he, he picks me up. We, we chat, we talk, we, we drive like nearly three hours before we even get, you know, to where we're going. Um, so it's pretty remote location in the middle of nowhere basically. And, um, he takes me to my barracks or actually we, we get on the base. Uh, he kind of shows me around, um, where our facility is, where I have to report in the morning. And then he, he takes me, uh, to my barracks and, um, cool. Okay. No problem. It's, uh, it's evening time. So I don't have time to get in there, get everything unpacked. Um, Get, get ready to go for the next day. <clears throat> so the, the, this, the next day was actually pretty cool because I didn't know what I was getting myself into because all, all, all the schooling that I did it led me to believe that I was going to be doing a particular type of intelligence collection. So I, I thought we were going to have basically like an objective we would collect against that objective. We would, we would take information and and create Intel out of that. And then we would, you know, push that up the chain of command or laterally or or wherever it needed to go. And and that was it. Right. So I I arrive at this facility and it's, uh, it's really cool looking I I mean, technically it looks like a prison. It has, it has like a double fence with a dog line and it's barbed wired all over the top. And, there's cameras everywhere, and and I'm I'm the FNG, right? I'm the new guy, so I can't even get into the building. So I have to, like, before you even get into the lobby, you have to go through four doors. So I have to, like, buzz myself in to each door to get through each section, and there's guards there, and they don't know me. And, you know, I'm in uniform, and it's understood that I'm reporting for duty, but it's it's just a weird experience. So you get in there. Um, so you're kind of like in the, in the waiting area and it just looks like a pretty normal military building. You know, they got the flags on the wall, they got pictures of everybody in charge and, and you're just kind of waiting. And then, uh, s- someone came to get me at that point to take me down to where I was going to go. And, uh, th- this is when I, when I kind of thought I, w- I, w- I was in, in over my head because what happens is we start going down levels and we're, we're down, I don't know, three, four levels below the surface level. Cause it's only a one story building. And to get here, we, of course we had to go through more security doors and all this stuff. And, and in the first room that you walk into Tony, uh, it, it's like, um, if you've ever seen like those old NASA videos where, you know, you got all the people sitting at the control tables, and there's monitors all over yeah. the wall. That that's what this place looked like. Wow. And um, and, and it was the real deal. Like there was um, there's people from other countries' militaries in there. Um, in, in the in the bigger scheme of things, I didn't really work with those guys. Um, not directly. We worked indirectly together. So I didn't work in this particular room, but I had to walk through it to get to where we actually worked. So there were like some adjacent um, stations behind all that, and to get into there, you had to go through another door with like a safe combo and all this stuff, right? So, so I'm I'm only telling you this just just to try to like paint a picture of like how, how serious this place
1: was. Yeah, I pr- I
3: appreciate this, it. Man. This, yeah, it's crazy. And and this was this was pre-Edward Snowden because I was in when Snowden dropped the the, um, you know, the info and everything got even tighter after that. But that's neither here nor there. But so this is pre-Edward Snowden and this place is is locked up tight. Um, so so when I when I get there, uh, you know, I meet the people who's in charge of me and I kind of meet some guys um, go through the chain of command. Cause of course you have to meet everybody there uh, from, from top to bottom, as far as your chain of command goes. And you have a chat with them um, with everybody. And anyways, you just kind of get the rundown of what's going on. And then they notified me like, okay, you're going to be going to school again in, in this facility. So I'm like, okay, great, more school, right? I, I've already gone to college. I, <laughs> you know, I didn't know I was going to be doing so much schooling to begin with. But um, th- this wasn't. I think we, we, this was only like uh, additional eight or twelve weeks. It was very intense, though. I mean, it was probably some of the harder stuff I've done because it was just very job specific to what we were going to do, and that was just a schooling aspect of it. Because then I still had to keep up with all the physical stuff, and um. And, and I wasn't even special forces, but my job intertwined with, we, we worked hand in hand with special forces because, you know, they, they operate off of, you know, real time info. So we go, we go where they go basically. Um, but I didn't know this yet, by the way, I didn't know any of this cause that's not really what I was trying to do. But anyways, um, so I go through the schooling there, I get through that, and then this is when I start going on deployments. Um, and I'll say, be, before it was all said and done, I did six overseas. And um, we had kind of like a non-conventional unit, so my deployments would last anywhere between, you know, let's say sometimes three to four months, and then we would come back stateside um we would go through a training cycle um to get ready for the next mission because the the way that the department of defense works they you know they 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 kind of have an idea what's going on um so they can project what needs done and so we would go through training cycles and sometimes um Sometimes we would train for you know a couple months and go overseas, and then not even you know get get completely different. Like uh, we got these things called opords, which are operational orders. And sometimes we would go overseas. We would like chop in with another unit, um, like another mother, and our op opord would totally change. Um, but but primarily, we were we were set up for ISR, so. That's uh, Intel surveillance and recon missions. That that was what we did. There were there was always either somewhere you know twelve to sixteen of us, for the most part. Depending you know stuff can fluctuate, and um, yeah. So so I'll just jump right into it um, as far as where this is going. The th- this was about my fourth deployment now, so I had. I had some 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 decent experience under my belt. Um, knew knew my job really well, um, and had some some real real life experience. So the the this particular deployment was strange because we just came back from a from a previous deployment, and and also I'll just say that they usually keep the teams together as long as we're performing well. Um, so we we get back fourth deployment well we're only back for about two weeks and then another op board comes in and instead of deploying the whole crew um or the whole you know the whole team they're, they're deploying eight of us and then they're they're deploying eight scientists and now this isn't uncommon because a lot of times we would like meet up with the scientists once we got to certain locations and um when i say scientists these guys are you know they work for like um uh, you know UCLA and John Hopkins they do all like the um just the over the top technical stuff um experimental stuff uh, so so you know these kind of these these are some of the smartest men and women you'll ever meet or that i've ever met so it was already strange and another thing that was strange is that, that they didn't really tell us what the mission was. We just got an board to deploy to a specific location. We were going to, we had to go board a, um, it was a, a, a scientific research vessel. So it was basically a ship that was, um, it was flagged to a different country. So we flew into a different country. Uh, we boarded this, this ship, the, the eight of us. So it was the eight military personnel and eight scientists and then on board there was like they had their own ship's crew so there were about uh 35 or so guys that were working on that ship they were yeah that that was just their job okay so um I just kind of made some notes. I'm just going through, I don't want to miss anything. So
1: yeah, that's understandable.
3: Um, you you got, I'm not dragging, am I?
1: No, 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 you're doing fine. You're doing fine. In fact, I was just going to say, I I appreciate you, uh, drawing the details out for us and stuff, because I know that what you experience. I think that there's a lot of background information that needs to go with it as much as possible. So what you're doing, I think is actually really good.
3: Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to paint the picture. So glad to hear that. Um, all right, then. So, so we 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 board this ship. Um, we we have all our gear with us that we're going to take. The, the scientists have their gear, um, and and like I said, th- this whole thing was a little bit strange because, still up to this point, we we don't know what we're what exactly we're doing. You know, we we assume that it's like within our realm of you know of operational capabilities, but but we don't know. So so it's kind of weird. Like even LTE. Um, he didn't know, or, or if he did know, he really did a good job of not letting us know that he knew, (laughs) but anyways, neither here nor there. So, so what happens is, uh, we, we get out into international waters and then LT calls a briefing. So this is basically like mission prep stuff. Let us know what's going on. So we all, we all go to the, to the skiff. Um, this, it's just us and the scientists in there at this time. And LT lets us know that, um, we're going on a search and recovery mission. So we're going to actually, um, disembark and be on, on the ground somewhere. And we're, we're looking for a particular downed aircraft and, um, see, see if we can. So, so there's a few objectives here. So obviously we were going to search for survivors. Um. And then another thing we had to do is um, we we had to find the aircraft and we had to basically extract as much data we could from the, you know, the computers and stuff on board and then destroy it just in case, because where, where, where it ended up being was, what was in an area known to be hostile. And um, obviously you don't, you don't want other people to get what you have. Right. Especially on, on a, and, and still, and, and I I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but this was particularly important because of the type of aircraft that was actually down. And, and, and we'll get into this later because it's Tony, it, it's weird, man. It's weird. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so so, yeah, so, and then there was another deviation from protocol, which was, was really strange. Um, usually, when when we're on a search and recovery, we get uh, isolation preparations, meaning um, everyone that's going to ever deploy uh, behind enemy lines has to um, go through an ISO prep um, contingent. And all that really means is it. It, it has some very detailed very personal information on it so that if i'm overseas and i get captured by the enemy and i'm beat to hell and i'm barely conscious you know some you guys can swoop in ask me one or two questions that would only be on this iso prep and that only i would know and if i answer those correctly then you know you have the right guy and we can get the hell out of there right so we didn't we didn't have any iso preps. We didn't know who we were looking for. We didn't know what type of aircraft we were looking for. Um, what they they gave us like a a general Latin long of the of the I guess the crash site, and then um, I I guess we were so scientist heavy because they had a lot of sensitive equipment with them that could pick up particular frequencies and stuff like that. So they had a whole array of frequencies that they could scan for to try to help locate this aircraft so we're we're getting ready to go um and and, and, I, and I'm already noticing if, like I've already told you about a few of the things that were weird that um didn't quite add up compared to previous missions and then um the these scientists like a handful of them i i I knew um, and, and one or two of the guys I knew pretty well, just from previous times. And, and these guys are just regular cool guys, man. They, they, they got families at home. They're not out here trying to get into too much trouble. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I could tell, man, they, they were scared. I I was, we were, we were chatting. Um, because another thing is too, we're, we're on a, a 36 hour boat ride before we even get to our disembark, uh, disembarkation point. So we, we, we had to go, yeah, we had we had to go quite a ways. And we're, we're also on a ship that is, um, it's a scientific research vessel. So it's not that fast. It's not a warship. It's nothing like that. It's just a, just a ship. So I, I guess I don't know what they have to go through to get permission to go into certain areas for, What, whatever. So, all that happens, you know, outside of my pay grade. So, um, so yeah, so, so as we're getting ready, you know, um, I'm talking to some of the scientists, and man, they they look, they look nervous, you know, like, um, like I, I couldn't tell if they, if they knew like more than we did or, or what, but, but something was off. Um, yeah, so so the, the like uh, my 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 spidey sense basically was tingling, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, so 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 we finally arrived. So we are roughly like two nautical miles um, off of our uh, two nautical miles outside of where we're going. So at this point, um, we're we're expecting to to make landfall, go two days in. Once we find the site, we were going to spend about 12 hours there, do what we had to do, and then two days out, and then back on the ship, and then done, All right? That that was the plan, um, so no problem. Uh, so, yeah, so we got to that point. Um, we we used uh, two separate ribs, so there were uh, four mil. Oh, it's a rubber haul, inflatable boat. It's just like a little little speedboat. Okay, little motorboat. So you can kind of so because the ship can't get that close to the shore without grounding out, you know. So and plus we're we're in a oh yeah, uh, I want to back up too because we're we're also in a in a covert posture. So all comms on the ship were down, and uh, yeah. So 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 the, there were just weird things going on. right?
1: So that means so, that pretty like, much like, you're isolated alone, there's no communication, nothing like that. No communication.
3: We we have like some HF frequency um which which I'm definitely about to talk about here in a minute because we 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 took some obviously comms so we could talk to Alpha kilo which is the um sorry uh the the ship which we called Alpha Kilo for okay. this particular mission. So obviously, so we can keep in contact with them because uh, we have windows where we have to do comps checks. So they know that, you know, everything's going according to plan. Because once you get out there, man, you, you, you're, you're on your own. So if they have to send the cavalry, man, you have like a 48 hour tether. So you can't even get help for a couple of days if something goes wrong, especially where we were. Um, which again, I'm, I'm not going to even say where we were. I'll just describe it. Um, so yeah, so we get on these ribs, we we speed off to the shore, and basically we we put, we roll up on a, on a beach, and um, we kind of we have we have like the ribs come equipped with a lot of different stuff, and they have like netting you can put over them. So we kind of like hit them a little bit because the beach had like it was kind of. It was, it was a little sandy, it was rocky and it had like a lot of like driftwood. And so it's this type of area. So we were able to like put the ribs up against some of that stuff and then net them. So just put a net over them to kind of, kind of hide them. Right. Unless you're right up on it, you might not see it. So, so that, that's fine. So, so the area, um, I'll just kind of, kind of describe the area. It's like a, it's like a rocky woodland area, um, it was a cold time of year. Uh, it wasn't snowing, um, but it was it was pretty chilly. And like I said before, it was um, an area that that we could consider hostile. Like if we ran into people, it it, it might it might go it might go off. So we we had to be pretty careful. And plus, we had eight civilians with us, which you know were very important for what we were doing because they had all the technical know-how and, and all that stuff. So, um, sorry. So we're on the beach and we, we have, uh, you know, we have our general Latin long where we're heading to and, and, and we start going. So, so we're kind of just going through as a group. If you can just like, imagine like a hike, basically. Um, there's, uh, there's four leaders in the front we keep all the civvies in the middle and then there's four of us in the back and i I was part of the the back four so we're hiking up and 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 we we had like we had a plan like planned down to the minute we were going to go to a certain spot we were going to get a little bit of sleep we were going to wake up early at um basically at dawn and then we we're going to make the arrest rest of the way in there. So, so two days in, and then we, we figured we could get to the site. So this, this is when, when some things started going a little weird um, as far as operational concerns go, because, um, Oh, another thing I, I forgot to mention is we, we, we had a window. We, we thought we had about five days before a storm was coming in that was going to basically put them put us in like a sea state of six which is which is pretty hefty especially for the ship we were on so it was very important that we got in and out as quickly as possible um, so I I don't know if that really plays significance we'll talk about that a little later um, but we, but we, we get to a point in the day where it's starting to get dark now because we, we didn't um, another thing is we didn't leave the ship like real early we, we left like in the late afternoon uh, just so we can make our approach almost under darkness. darkness. Um, so, so yeah, so we get there, we're walking through <clears throat> and, um, and we, we get, we get to uh, like, we, we went through our first comms window, no problem. Um, but we're also going up in elevation as we're walking. And we're getting into some, some thicker, more, more dense, like wooded areas, um, which normally isn't a problem for HF, um, which is high frequency. It's, you know, it, that stuff is designed to basically talk over the horizon. Um, so we get, we, we get to a point, we get to our, our second comms window, and suddenly we, we can't, we can't um, communicate. So I'm going out over the radio basically saying like Alpha kilo Alpha kilo uh radio check over. And it's just silence. No one's coming back. So we go through this a couple times. We we had two radios with us. We tried both of them and we weren't getting anything. So what we did, we had we had two guys that were like um basically like uh recon scouts that were with us. And they took off um they were trying to get to higher ground uh, to make contact so so they left us, and they just went ahead. I mean we were all going a- along the same drift line, so it's not like they just went off in some direction, you know what I mean and uh so so that night we uh so we kept walking those guys kind of double timed it, and we didn't we didn't hear from them for a few hours. And now it was time to, to camp. So we kind of, um, the, the, there's a particular way we set up um, in these situations. So anyways, we set up camp, and um, we, the, the two scouts that went out, we, we never heard from them. We couldn't reach them on comms. So something strange started happening where, because we all had, um, like, individual comms, so we could communicate with each other within, like, a 1,000 meters, right? and not now these these comms are playing up too, so we, if if I'm not like an earshot of you we we can't communicate like like um verbally which which was also weird um you know things were 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 malfunctioning now um so anyways the the, the two scouts I went up they they ended up uh so we set up camp and and they actually never came back that night um it wasn't really that alarming though, because there's protocols for everything. Um, we just figured they hunkered down somewhere. Um, whatever. So, so nightfall, we get up on day two very early. Um, like I said, those guys never came back. Um, and, 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 and we're, and we're we're hiking now along the same drift line. And, uh, Something weird started, like over the radios, um, they just started squawking, like just periodically. So we we would just be walking, you know what I mean? It just like squawks in your ear and, and you're like, well, you know, well, why is this happening? Uh, it was just abnormal, very abnormal. So it ha- happened a few times and it's not like we couldn't hear anybody. Like um, it didn't sound like anybody was trying to call out to us, but the but the radios would just squawk. Um. Yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say about that. So, so that so that happens. Um, so, so as as we as we get up the, you know, get get up a ways, and, and we're walking, probably maybe a few hours into it now on day two. Um, the the recon guys they they met back up with us. So so they just said that they got to a certain point. Um, they still couldn't contact Alpha Kilo. They were exhausted, they camped out all good like um another thing I should say is these guys um are, are, they were very highly trained guys um so you you don't have to worry about them if if you don't see them for a while um, they're okay. you know what I mean so this isn't even that abnormal that they had gone off and and all that happened okay. so you you know what I mean? Am, am I dragon? Just no, let me know if I'm. No, you're
1: tra- you're fine. I, I'm I'm assuming. I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, I I have a friend that was a Navy SEAL, and he's highly trained, and he pretty much can survive in any environment. I'm assuming that's kind of same type of guy you're talking right. about.
3: Yes, we are. Yeah, those are the type of guys we're with. And, and and I'll just say this too: this is like an interregimented group too. So it's not just like one branch; it's a few guys from a few places. Gotcha. And the, and these are all like very highly trained individuals. So yeah, you're, you're right on the money. You're right on the money. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so we oh yeah, so we met back up with them and, and we, and we kept it moving. Just, uh, we, we, we really needed to reach this objective because now we don't have comms with, with mother. And, uh, and, and like I said, we got a storm looming and it's just, um, we're just, I don't, I don't know. It was just, it was just feeling strange, man. It wasn't going as according to plan, like it, like it normally does. Um, cause, Cause pretty much when you when we plan these things so meticulously, um, stuff tends to happen as it should. So yeah, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, so I'll just fast forward a bit because not nothing else really happened. Um, in, until we we got to the site so 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 we finally do get to the site of where the aircraft is um and we actually the the latin long was pretty spot on um the the scientists had some gear out where, where they were picking up some like very low low frequencies like below 10 hertz um and that's pretty low I, and, and i don't know if it was emitting from the aircraft but it seemed it seemed like it was because it was peaking as we were arriving, right? So anyway, so um, this is kind of when the story starts getting interesting because we, we see this aircraft and it's it's kind of, it's you can see a trail. Like it doesn't look like, have you ever seen like a commercial airline crash and it's got this big trail of debris where it has smashing through trees and all this stuff. Like this this wasn't like this. It, it you could see where it kind of like crashed through the canopy of the of the foliage. And it it, it it did bang up like a couple of the bigger trees, but then it then it was just like sitting down in a valley.
1: Was it kind of like uh, it it, it crashed landed from like a vertical angle instead of like a horizontal angle? Is that what you're trying to describe?
3: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So so it almost came straight down instead of on like a vector. Um, and, and I I guess I don't know. At, at the time, I didn't really think it was that weird. Um, uh, I just thought, oh, okay, there we found it, and and we were still pretty far away because it was actually in a valley. And we had to climb de- climb down like about fifty feet to actually get like to like on the surface that it was on. Um, but right away, you could see that this was like a it was a very weird air- aircraft. So this thing was it was like it was from from our perspective before we got up to it. It was it was just it was jet black. Um, it was kind of like I guess the size of maybe like a like a seven thirty seven. But it, it, the, it, the, um, the wings were, were different. So the wings weren't quite as wide and they were, they were pushed, um, to the back kind of like, um, kind of like you would see like a NASA space shuttle. It wasn't the same shape as that, but it was kind of, you know, how the wings are kind of on, on the, the aft end of those ones. Right. Um, and so, so it, it, it just had a weird, a weird look. I, had, I hadn't had seen an aircraft like that before and, you know, I had seen a lot of aircraft up to that point. so, um, so anyways, we, we, we climbed down um, and we all, we all kind of have, have our jobs to do when we get there. So because of, of my specific job, so I had to go um, into the fuselage. Uh, <clears throat> my instructions were to extract all the data, so basically plug into all the computers that were on board. Um, extract everything I could. then we would perform um, emergency destruction on those hard drives and stuff like that. And then, like just for good measure, we would uh, put thermite over everything and basically melt it all. and then <clears throat> and then before we left, uh, I, I guess we were gonna detonate a local EMP just to make sure to wipe out everything. But I didn't know anything about that because the scientists were dealing with it, the emp part of it i didn't learn that until later till we were about to leave um which isn't really a big deal but it, that's just weird that we didn't even know about anything like that because um, we had to set it on a timer to make sure that we could get far enough away that it wouldn't um you know mess up our gear because we had we had gear too and I don't know. May- maybe that's the reason why our radios were playing up to begin with. Maybe I, I don't know. Um, do- it doesn't really matter to be honest. Um, so we uh, we climbed down. We started approaching this plane, um, or I guess this aircraft. <clears throat> and uh, like you, you, as you get closer, you can start to see more detail. And like the outside of it. Was it, it? It was like um, it was like a checkerboard, right? But it was it was black on black, so it was like a matte black. This entire thing was black. It didn't have any flags on it. Um, as we got closer, like it, it didn't appear to have any like traditional weapon systems that I have seen, um, mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, now there there were some parts that looked like maybe maybe they something got like tore off or something, but there, there wasn't a lot of damage to it that we could see at this time. So we kind of get up to it. Um, and, and, and while we're there, we, we, we set up, we set up security. So, so some guys are just on security. Some guys have different jobs to do the scientists. They all have their stuff to do. Right. So they start breaking out their gear and it's getting dark now. So we set up lights and stuff too. Um, so, so now we're on site, we got 12 hours, to do what we have to do 12 hours or less to do what we have to do and then get out of there. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll just explain more about the, the, the aircraft. So when we got up to it, man, like it was, like I said, it was like a checkerboard. So like, but every other check on the, the craft was like a ceramic tile almost, but it was super cold like all the ceramic tiles were su- like way colder than it should have been. So I don't know if they were being like cooled from the inside because as we found out when, when we did get inside, it still had power inside. So it wasn't like a completely dead, dead ship. Um, so anyways, we worked our way around um, like to the, to the aft end, I guess on the side that we couldn't see as we moved around and that's where we saw there was, like a, there was like a big tear in the side of it, um, which obviously we concluded, okay, this is what brought it down. Now, we, we, didn't, we didn't know what, why. Uh, we couldn't tell. Um, it didn't look like a, an explosion from the inside. It didn't look like they got hit. So anyways, there was a tear in the side. So some, something had happened. Uh, so so we, we work our way up, and we, we actually uh, breach in through the doors. Um, like, uh, just behind the cockpit and, and as you walk in, I don't know, have you ever been on like a, like an aircraft that's set up for anything other than transport?
1: Not that I can remember. No.
3: Okay. So this, this looked like, um, it, it, it just looked like a traditional, like workspace. So you had like, um, once we, once we got inside, like I said, the lights were still on, um, that was fine. And there were just different workstations that did, they're, they're set up for different things. If you've ever been on a ship or a submarine and you've ever been through any of those workstations, it, it was set up kind of like that. So obviously each station has a, a different function and it seemed to be pretty intact. Um, there, there wasn't really much noticeable damage on the inside. Uh, so at this time, me and one of the scientists, and this is a guy that I had worked with before, so I was very comfortable working with him. Um, we kind of moved on to our little area where we had to work, <clears throat> and um, and we and we got to work. He was doing his thing, I was doing mine. Um, so it, it it is dark out now, um, and, and like I said, we're we're in the elements, so we, we're hearing um, what well, I guess we thought were like wolves and stuff. Like uh, not not too close, but it just gave you a chill, man. Because just when 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 you think that you're just doing your job, then you you're reminded that you're like in the middle of somewhere, and not only could there be hostile humans, but now we're hearing things that would probably eat us. And um, yeah, so it was just it was just I was starting to feel uneasy. And nothing strange even has happened yet, and I'm already feeling it because I think the tension was like bleeding over from the scientists because they were, um, like I said, they were they were feeling a certain kind of way before we even left. Um, So um, so we get there. So basically, I I extracted. I I would go through like each each machine, and um, actually, for for the way that the aircraft looked, I thought you know what what kind of tech is on site is inside this thing I have no idea. I don't know if I have the gear for it um but but I I did actually I mean the the it wasn't like super advanced stuff like I thought it might be it was pretty traditional hardware um so I was able to connect and what I'd do I would just uh extract all the data I could I would upload a virus into that system and then I would move on okay So now this, this is when this story starts getting a little bit strange. And then there's a few points that get strange. And this is one of them. So I, uh, I arrive at this particular workstation and, and, and the screen was still on, which, you know, that's fine. It wasn't really doing anything. It was just there, but it, it had a, a language, like it had, um, it had characters on the screen, and, the, and it was a language that, that I've never, um, I've never seen. And and I, at the time, you know, I, w- I was trained, I could identify about seven languages just on site. So for me to to see some characters that I didn't even recognize, I, it, it was pretty strange. So, I'm kind of like standing up over this console and i and I pull um my field manual out, and I'm flipping through and I, and i'm and I'm trying to find um I'm, I'm trying to find what language this is um I guess it this might have been more for my curiosity than anything else um and, and as I was doing that, I, I did have the terminal plugged in, so I was extracting data as well so while I was waiting for that, I was looking through my field manual and um at the time or at that time the uh the guy with me came up and um uh, he's kind of hovering over like to the side of me like looking what I'm doing and he's like um, what are you doing and i and i explained to him the situation i said oh, i'm just trying to identify what this is and and then i just go on about my business i'm flipping through some of the pages um you know, doing my thing, and he's still standing there. And then, like Tony, man, he he just like put his hand, like calm, like like calmly, but very sternly, on on the book I was looking through. All right, so so I looked up at him, and he says, uh, "He says you're not going to find it in there." <clears throat> and I says, uh, or I must've had a look on my face. Like, like, how do you know, you know, something? Cause I'm just looking at him and it's kind of like a moment of silence and our eyes are locked. And I said, well, well, how do you know? you know, I said something like that. And he says, <clears throat> this is, this is strange, man. He says, uh, and, 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 and at the time I didn't even know what this was. Um, but somebody like you, Tony, you probably will know what this is right away because I had to, you know. Later on, I went and found out about this. But anyways, he says uh, you won't find it there, and I'm like, why not? He said, uh, he said it's it's a Nokian, and I, I had never heard of that before. Oh man! So you, you know, do you know what that is?
1: Well, it's I no, I'd never heard a Nokian. Uh, did he did it is it like a derivative of the word anachian
3: um i, I don't know okay. i don't i don't i it starts with the e it's e n o c h i a n
1: oh hold on a second are you talking about oh you said enochian as in E-N-O-C-H, like enoch
3: yeah yes
1: oh yeah that one Oh Enochian. Gotcha. Oh, is that what it is? Enochian. Enochian. Yes. Yes. Um and, and, That's
3: um, And I was oblivious at the time.
1: Yeah, I I that's like um I'm not trying to shift gears or or even like get you off track or anything like that. I want you to continue. I don't know, by, go but ahead. but it, the yeah. Enochian language is it's like um uh it, it's like a cultic or uh, uh angelic Kind of like I don't know much about it, but it's for like um, I, I I I'm gonna butcher it, but I know I I definitely have heard of this, and it, it's it's like really secretive kind of like language, right?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, since since I have researched it as much as I could, so I kind of have a grasp, I think, of what it is. um But but at the at the time when I didn't, and I just looked at him, I and our eyes were locked, and. um and he knew that he had to answer me because I didn't know what he was talking about. And 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 I, I was looking like our, our pupils were locked and I could see like his chin quivering. Like, you know, when somebody's about to say something they don't want to say and, and like their muscles are like involuntarily like shaking. Yeah. So he's looking at me and I can see his chin doing that. I'm like, what is, what, what is going on here? Like I'm, i'm I'm suddenly confused kind of about this whole situation, and he says it's uh it's an ancient demon language and i uh, and I didn't believe him i i, I said uh, I, I said no no i said that that doesn't there's no such thing and anyways <clears throat> so so i i kind of try to pull my my manual back from him and he's standing there and and this guy, I'll just say, like he's very professional all the time, very polite all the time. And when he saw that I didn't believe him, he kind of like doubled down on my manual when I tried to take it away, and he looked at me again, and he said, he said, "Get your job done, and let's get the fuck out of here." And he, he would never cuss, you know what I mean? I've never heard him say anything like that before, but he was serious, Tony. Wow. And um and I and I could just like from that point on, man, it was like pressure. Like you could I could just feel it because now I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I really don't know what's going on. I don't even know if the other guys that are I don't know if they know I, I don't know what's happening. So I just <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> I just I just continue to do what I'm doing. Um I, I finish that station, I move on. There's a few more stations. Um, and we, 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 kind of finished what we were doing inside there. Um, so we, we set the thermite, do you know what thermite is? Yeah. It's, uh, okay. So we had these little, like, uh, they're, they're just little strips we put on top of basically each console when we're done and we just light it up and that thing just gets so hot that it just melts through the entire thing. So, so that, that's, that's like typical if we're trying to destroy stuff that we don't want. Any, anyone to ever recover, um, and like I said, like um, just if I, if I go back to describing the inside of, of the aircraft, it, it wasn't it wasn't crazy looking. Like I, it, from the outside, I thought, oh man, this this looks like Star Trek. But on the inside, it was it, it wasn't really like um, the the cockpit. I, I didn't go in the cockpit, but the door was open. I could see in it. It looked pretty traditional. It was very high tech, but it looked you know, pretty regular. Um, and, and also Tony, there's no sign of life. I forgot to even mention that. What, where's the crew? We, there's nobody there, which was weird. Um, yeah. So, so I finished what I had to do. So I went up, um, and then I just kind of took, took a security watch. Um, to wait for everyone else to finish what they were doing. And, and, and man, so as you can imagine at this time, like I'm not, I'm not telling anybody what's, what's happening because, uh, Bravo one, which is the, the guy I told you about that had originally picked me up. He was there too, but he was doing something else. Um, you know, job specific for him. Um, so I didn't even, uh, I didn't even mention this to anybody. So this is all like marinating in my head. And, and I, and I'm still not sure if I, if I believe what this guy said at this time, you know, I, I just don't know. It's, it's it's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. And why would you know? It's not time to joke, so I don't think he was trying to tell a you know play a trick or anything like that. And um and yeah, so I just left it at that, uh, and I waited for everyone to finish. So basically. That was night, nice. so we were there about twelve hours uh, actually only we were only there for about ten hours, but by that time um it was it was daybreaking the next day um so we had to start hiking out now and uh as 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 we're hiking out, you know we, we all gear up um i, I kind of had a chat with uh, Bravo one well, so remember I told you there were like uh there were four in front, the eight series in the middle and the four in the back, yeah. So w- once we, like, reestablished, like, a formation and we and we started leaving, like, we were kind of talking. And, and I had mentioned it. I'll just call them Bravo 1, 2, and 3. So I mentioned to them, kind of like, uh, I, I was just feeling them out, saying, like, w- what's going on here? What do you guys think that was? Because another thing, like, I can't remember if I mentioned it or not, but that aircraft didn't fly a flag either. There were no tail numbers. There was no, no flag. There was no identification. And I've never seen that before. It was just weird. Um. Yeah. So, so anyways, I'm asking them, and and they, they didn't really get the feeling that anything like too crazy. You know, they they thought the other stuff was weird, like with the radios and stuff like that. And of course, they thought the aircraft was weird. But but you know, you know, man, you, we have no idea what they can create with the technology. They they only tell us uh, what we need to know you know, ex- especially as consumers, they only tell us about things that they can profit from. So I think I think the general consensus was, okay, this is just, you know, uh I, I personally thought it was like a um you know, like an Air Force spy plane or something like that. But I also had in the back of my head what the guy told me about that language on on one of those consoles. And and I just it was it was really bizarre to me at the time. So so we start walking out. Um and, and we're not really much for talking during this because like I said, we, we were we were in a in a spot where there might be hostile. So so as we're moving, we're we're on watch as well, um, security watch. Um and 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 like I said, the pressure is building. And I got I got the feeling, man, we were walking out of there. And this might have just been my paranoia. Um but I, I just got the feeling that that something was now watching us. Now, whether it was like uh, the pack of dogs from the night before, because I told you we heard like this howling and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I just got this, you know You know what I mean? Like you ever just have that feeling?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, so, so I had that and um, I shouldn't have had it at that point. I, I should have been like, you know, ready to rock on top of my game, but I I had this nagging feeling, and I kind of mentioned it to the other guys. Like, man, I I, I feel funny, man. Like, uh, do you guys see any movement? Da 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 da, and and they're like, no. But then, like as as we moved, they started also getting this feeling, um, and so so we kind of um. We kind of took breaks periodically because, remember, we're with uh, some civilians, too. And we're going through some pretty rough terrain. So we can't just, like, you know, jog, jog it out. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and we are carrying some, or especially them. They, they had some pretty heavy gear. We had our, our typical gear. Um, I don't think it was much of a problem for, for us. But anyways, so our, our next little um, resting point, we kind of grouped up, spoke to the guys in, in the front. To, you know got a read on them see how they were feeling and and i think at that point like everybody was kind of feeling something off for sure so so just to be safe um we, we got into like a, a a defensive posture like a um just like a defensive movement posture so we were kind of surrounding the civilians and we were moving with a purpose from this point on um into and, and until we got to our our, 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 first point of, of like, uh, rest. Cause we, we were, we were going, we were going out. It was the same way out as we went in. So we were going till um, dark, we were going to camp, sleep some, get up and get out of there. Um, hopefully be down to the beach sometime in the, in like the early afternoon. That was what we were all shooting for. Um, so, so yeah. So the the radios still weren't working. We we hadn't had contact. Now it's been over twenty four hours. Um, actually, it's been it's been closer to a day and a half now, and we haven't had contact with uh, Alpha Kilo. And uh, and, and and it just yeah. So so the pressure was building. We were ready to get out of there, um. But we knew we had one more night. So we 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 got to a point, and and since we had decided to go into condition one and defensive posture and all that stuff. We, we kind of, um, we, 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 found a point to rest to set up camp basically where, um, there were, there were two high points about 500 meters apart. Um, and between those two high points, like in a straight line, we would, we put one scientist like roughly every 20 meters and stuff. So, so every 20, 30 meters, there was one scientist that would lay there. And there's a few reasons we do stuff like that. Um, it's basically so if there is some type of ambush or something like that, that not everyone's getting hit at the same time, right? And then the, the eight of us, the, the four on the peak in the front, and then the four on the peak in the back, we had overwatch. And um, so we kind of got settled in. And it was starting to get pretty cold, too. So that was another concern because we were like, um, you know, we didn't know if it was going to get cold enough and to get hypothermia or what. It didn't end up being that cold. But, uh, man, th- this night is the the strangest thing that has ever happened, man. Like the, the stuff I'm about to get into now. Um, so... The scientists are down. It's it's it is, it is well. It's almost dark now. Um, the sun's not down, but since we're like under the trees and stuff, it's pretty dark. And it's it's typical like sounds of you know that you you would typically think you'd hear in the forest. Uh, so there's nothing strange there. Um, all conditions seem normal. And the way the way that we we do these type of things when when we have to um, be on alert, you know, twenty four seven. We, since we had four men, we all would like sit down with our backs to each other and lean our left shoulder against the next guy. So there's a few reasons we do that. Um, One is to make sure we keep our rifle in our right hands. And another reason is so two guys can sleep at a time while the other two guys have like a 180 degree vector that they can see. That's smart. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, that makes okay. a lot of sense. So sense. Can I ask you a okay, question yeah. uh, before we go any further? Uh, with that, what you just described and stuff, and this is really off topic, but I'm going to kill myself if I don't ask this question. What happens if somebody's left-handed yeah. and they use their gun in the left hand?
3: They, ha- they, they, they It doesn't matter because you, you're trained to shoot them both.
1: Okay, gotcha. All right,
3: because just- because there, there, are, there are lefties. I'm a lefty, but I shoot a rifle right-handed.
1: Got gotcha. you. I, I do too. That's, uh, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was the same for everybody or what, but I'm left-handed, but I shoot right-handed, and so I wasn't sure. You know.
3: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think um, like when when my dad had taught me how to shoot when I was young, I just I learned how to do it right-handed, anyways. But but it doesn't matter. You you do enough shooting on both sides that you you can be pretty proficient. But since you know the society's right-handed dominant, that's kind of just how, how how it goes. I guess, as, as you know. <laughs> since you're left-handed we we get all the the spirals on the um you know paper on the left side and the desks school when we were young yeah so you know (laughs) yeah um okay so let me uh let me let me get back in here uh yeah okay so we had the guys so like i said they were about 500 meters up uh we had the scientists on a string um kind of in the middle of us in in all of our views Um, and then we were set up like in a vector formation so so two guys could get some rest. And then when they were done resting, the other two guys could rest. And we would still have the same coverage, um, visually, you know. And, and we also had optics and stuff, so we had uh night vision and FLIR and stuff like that. Um so yeah, that's that's helpful in a very dark forest. Um so I guess I, I guess we'll just go into it, man. The night's going on. Um, I'm I'm on a, a resting cycle. Um, and man, just just what I'm about to tell you, man, is weird, and I'm just gonna kind of need for for you and, and the audience, man. You gotta decide for yourself because to this day, like some of this stuff, I'm I'm just not really sure about, and it. It's it still has me messed up a little bit, you know. It's just it's just weird. <clears throat> so, oh, like I said, I was kind of sleeping, but you have to understand too. Like we're not really sleeping. Like our, our brains are always turned on, even though my body was resting. So I'm I'm just I mean I'm just sleeping. And uh, you remember back in the day we had the iPods.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
3: So so I had an iPod in one ear. And, and and I'm only bringing this up is because I re- I remember the song that was playing whenever I kind of got woken up, even though I wasn't really asleep. But um, so it's, it's just it's just all quiet. Um, and then I uh, I hear uh, this is Bravo One now, right? So the guy I know pretty well, he's he's on watch, so he's awake. And like in in the military lifestyle, like. We're all pr- really, really familiar with each other. So we, we have either nicknames for each other or we call each other by our names or, or whatever, right? So w- when somebody calls you out by your, by your job title, then, then you, you immediately just subconsciously know that it's serious and it's about business. Okay, so, so I'm kind of in a, in a sleep. I'm resting. And uh Bravo One, he's to my right. And he he says, uh, you know I can hear him saying. And uh I kinda kinda come back to consciousness and in the song it, it, you know mob deep, you ever heard you know, of heard course. of Mob Deep? Yeah. So you're you're a hip hop guy, yeah so, yeah. so remember that song Twisted? I think it's called
1: Twisted or something. I'd probably have to hear it, but I'm sure I've heard it.
3: Yeah. Anyways, it's not important at all, but it was playing in my ear, and I just thought, okay, that, that was weird because it was just ironic because the situation was about to get twisted. And um, so anyways, um, I kind of pull my my earpiece out and and I respond, and he said, uh, and and he's talking pretty quiet. He's like, uh. Uh, m- multiple tangos, you know, multiple tangos. And he, he calls out, he's calling his shot. So he's calling out um, like the location, the direction they're moving. And, and he's just saying multiple. So I don't know how many there are. So so I say, okay. So, and by this time, everyone's awake. Like us four, we're, we're now awake. And um, we kind of like change our positioning and, and get into prone positions. So just, you know. Because that's a, the right thing to do in that situation. So he's um, he's like you know calling out the uh, basically the uh, the the lines of bearing where he's seeing contacts, and so I can't see anything with my naked eyes. So I flipped my night vision, and, and and I still don't see anything. So I'm I'm trying to adjust a few things, and and I don't know if the other guys have seen anything yet but um bravo one definitely did two and three they were i think they're in the same situation i like because first thing you do is you go to night vision see what you can see and uh it's just in this situation we couldn't see anything so we flipped to FLIR, which is um do you know what FLIR is it's a yeah. it's a forward-looking infrared yeah and if you've ever seen any videos of it and stuff man you can you can see like really good in in, in the dark so uh so uh, we flipped over the FLIR, man, and uh, what w- what I observed was, uh, I don't even know how to say it, man. I I could see, like, well, when you look through FLIR and you're looking at a person or you're looking at a vehicle or something, like, you can see the entire thing because it's emitting a certain type of heat that... Is in a certain uh, spectrum that the FLIR sensors can pick up, so it's 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 almost not fair. But um, man, and this is haunting, man. So uh, uh, I, I, I see these these things, right? And, and I don't want to say things like like because I, I I don't even know what they are, but but what I'm observing is basically in and there were like 20 of them. I could see like 20 sets, man. And and, and they were these, They were like figures. Like, you know how on some of your shows, like people talk about like shadow man or shadow figures or something. And they say it's like blacker than black. Yeah. So we're seeing these things that are like blacker than black, but they have these like, Piercing, and I'll never forget it, man. It's these piercing like orange eyes and and, and that's all i can and, and I could kind of make out like there were some taller ones, some shorter ones, and I didn't know like i thought I thought it was other people with optics on and and it still might have been i don't it it was nothing I've ever seen before, um, but they they were like moving kind of laterally. To us, and they were coming up from our, our, our rear position, but it didn't seem like they saw us. But I, I confirmed that we were all seeing the same thing. Now they th- this group of, um, I guess we'll just call it orange eyes, they were they were starting to converge, like toward the forward group. Um, not the scientists at all. They moved like ladder or um, they moved horizontally. Like along that line, kind of. It's hard to dis- to describe how the force was set up, but they were moving like forward. If we're in the back, they're moving forward. And um and I and I don't even think that they um saw us or knew us. Or if, or if they did see us, they weren't concerned. But they were moving toward the guys in the front. And um since they were like you know 500 meters is is quite a quite a distance. And remember, we don't have com, so we couldn't you know, alert anybody except for we have like, uh, like these, uh, Fleer pens pens basically. So they shoot a laser that you can only pick up like in the, in the infrared. Okay. And so, so basically what what we do, like, and there's protocols for this they So they knew that if, uh, if, if there was danger close that we would be sending a signal via, you know, via some, some type of infrared, um, since we can't like yell out. Right. Um, so basically, we're, we 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 flash a pattern. It's not really Morse code, but it's we flash a particular pattern in their direction, and then we use the laser to put a lasso around the targets. So we're 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 doing that. We're trying to alert them of of what's going on. And, you know, just so they know. And and like I said, we, we feel pretty comfortable because even, even if they were going to engage with those guys, um, it's no problem. We, we, we had them covered from the back, and I, and I think it, it seemed like we had the element of surprise because, like I said, they it didn't seem like they knew we were even there. And they might not have known the guys in the front were there either. I don't know. Um, but, but it was freaky, man. It was really freaky. And – so basically not not nothing really happened yet after that like nothing immediately happened um it kind of got it stayed quiet um and we were kind of went through, went back through our cycles of uh of resting and stuff um hold on I just want to flip in my notes here make sure I'm not leaving anything out cuz this is I'm getting um I'm feeling funny talking about it, man.
1: I can just want to make sure I'm not, I mean, this is something that you haven't talked about, you know, before at all out loud. And, uh, I can understand your, you know, hesitations, discomfort, and trying to also collect all your thoughts into one cohesive statement to share with us. So, uh, take your time, man.
3: Ah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Like my, my hand is like, I have the shakes right now. This is so weird. Um, Okay, so, so yeah, so, so that happened. Um, and, and like I said, after, after that little grouping of whatever it was, I like passed by us, it, it was all, it was all quiet. It was normal. Um, so we, we kind of, um, just went back to our normal cycle. Um, and the next thing I remember, so I must have fell asleep. Um, and I was actually sleeping pretty good at this point because i was suddenly woken up so i'm hearing I'm hearing a very pretty familiar sound right I'm hearing top 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 and I'm like i'm like ah, oh. like immediately wake up i'm like that's that's gunfire that's our that's our gunfire um you can't you can't really mistake the sound of a, of an M4, you know. And it it was coming from the forward location. And uh obviously this kind of forced everybody into a into a panic, like into a scramble. Like not not us, but like the the scientists, they all kind of they all kind of hopped up and they didn't I I could see them down in like the little like the shallow valley below us. And they were kind of scrambling around. But I'm, but I'm hearing these shots and, and the way that that the shooting is happening like I know in my mind that that these are targeted shots But the pattern that that was um, the pattern of the of the of the shots let me know that somebody's shooting on target it wasn't like a panic like Brr, you know what I mean these, these are very precise mm-hmm. shots somebody was shooting something and uh, and and to this day I, I I, I don't know what it was and we'll kind of get to to why I don't know what it was shortly. So, so what happened was, um, the, the, the guys on the forward Hill, like two of them came down, they collected because like, like I said, we, we also have like, um, like contingency plans for everything that happens. Like we're kind of prepared, like overly prepared. Um, so if if we did get into like an engagement this is what we would do. So the the forward team two of the guys came down the hill and they ended up collecting um well they they ended up collecting six of the scientists. So that left two that were on our end and the reason the reason why they didn't get all six is because I don't know if it was like in the scramble or what, uh, that one of the scientists had like hurt his hip, so he couldn't go. So we we came down and covered down because by by this time, like we are like immediately up, we're we're ready to roll, um because your you, your body just automatically reacts. You're kind of like on autopilot. So those those guys um uh, grab grab those, those scientists up in the front, and they go. They're moving toward the gunfire, which. Let me also know that, okay, there's not like immediate danger, there's not like an imminent danger, but, but, uh, but I'm still hearing like shots ring out periodically. So, so guys are moving. Um, and I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but this is happening over a pretty great distance. So we can't see what's happening up there. And then taking, taking into account that there's also trees all over the place. Um, so are, are are you following me? Yeah. On this one so far, yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. So those guys kind of kind of disappear. The four of us from the rear watch. We we go get the other. You know the other two guys that are still there. And, they, and they're, they're you know they're they're pissing. They're they're pretty nervous um, as you can imagine because they, they don't know what's going on. They just they just hear gunfire, and then like I said, the one guy had like hurt his hip. Conveniently, right? When and, and 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 this is the time that we need to move the quickest because now now there might be danger, and this guy can't move. He can't carry his gear. He's in pain. Um, so what what we do in a situation like this is we just move on to like one of our contingencies. So what happened is um, myself and two other guys. Stayed with the two scientists, and one of the guys that we were, remember, I told you earlier, like there were there were two recon scouts, right? That had ran ahead of us, so there was one in the front, and there's one with us. Um, so uh, we we sent him ahead to basically catch the other group, and we were going to run. and and, and, the, and the idea was that myself, uh, Bravo One, and Bravo Two, basically, we're going to take the injured and the other scientists to uh, to a different exfil point, which was it was just away from where we had pulled the ribs up, it was about a mile down down the coast right so so we had to we, we were gonna now go on a different path because in a situation like this you can't you can't um if you can avoid it you, you can't put a civilian in any type of danger, especially these guys because of who they actually were you know th- these were are very important people, just put it that way
1: high assets
3: so yeah, exactly they're assets and like like the, these guys are you know twenty pound brains they are some of the like I said the smartest guys, and yeah, valuable so um so bravo three the scout he he runs ahead and until he's out of sight and 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 I can kind kind of hear periodically some shots. You know not from him, but from from the the forward group as they're moving away from us, and then eventually um, eventually the, those shots are you know I can't hear him anymore and and now we're also moving in a different direction. There's a lot of elevation challenges and stuff like that, so so long story short, uh, we, we kind of made a makeshift gurney to to put this guy on and we, and we, and we just like we had to basically we we not basically we had to literally carry him out so uh, we we would take turns like somebody would carry his gear and then the, the uh either myself or bravo 1 would would carry the gurney carry this guy out and the other scientists just you know he just walked along with us um and they they were panicking a little bit but They're also they 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 kind of know, like what they could be getting into, and like I said, they might they might know more than us. Like when I look back at it, they probably did know more than us. Um, But long story short, we eventually. And this takes like instead of getting out of there, like I said, um, on time. This this like doubled our time out that day. So by the time we arrived to the, you know, basically to the, to the secondary exfil point, um, the, the scout that we sent ahead, he was already there with the rib waiting on us and it was starting to get dark already. And, um, so basically we just, we asked him what was going on, like what happened? Did he, did he talk to the other guys and all that? And, 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 and he never caught him. This was the weird thing because they weren't that far ahead of us, but he never caught them. And they couldn't have been moving faster than him because that's what he does. Um, But their rib was gone. He said that he said like on the beachfront, there were some, some empty mags, some evidence of some shooting. And it looked like, like where the rib that they took was, there was like very hustled movement. Right. So you can kind of see in the sand um, that, that feet are moving fast. You know what I mean? so that was strange, right? It was, it was just strange. Um, and, and, and at the time, I didn't even really think. Like, I, I've had years to think about this thing and to piece it all together and ask myself pretty much every question that I can think of to try to rationalize some of this stuff. Because what happens next is also very strange. Um, and I can't reconcile it, Tony. Like It, it freaks me out and this this is part of the reason why I just kind of just got a fresh start man I just had to get away and um yeah so uh, so so we uh we we got on the rib um and now and keep in mind like we we still don't have contact with the ship because we 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 have one of the radios and, and we still don't have contact with the ship and the ship now is directly just 2 miles away from us I mean, as far as we know, that that's where it's supposed to be, and now we're on sea level. There, there, there should be absolutely no obstruction, um, but for whatever reason, we we couldn't get in touch. Um, so we get on the rib, we go back out um, to the ship, and the and the ship is still there. But remember, I said that we we're like in a covert posture, so everything is darkened on the ship. Like there's no lights on it. There's no. This thing is just not even. It's not supposed to be there, so it's not there. You know what I mean? Um, so w- when we get get close to it, we're we're ready to come alongside to to board, and and finally we were able to to make contact, like a radio contact, with some of the crew on the ship. So so we came alongside, we got on the ship. Uh, they they pulled the rib up, and uh, it, man. This was a long two days at this point, you know? And I had I had a lot of questions. I, I really needed to talk to the guys and find out what, what happened. Like, what, what why were they shooting? What were they shooting at? Because it, it, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but it was daylight when those first shots rang out. So it was already like the sun was coming up. And I, I couldn't see – we didn't see anything. We didn't see anything – you know, target-wise, we didn't we didn't hear anything shooting back. Um, it was just completely abnormal. <sighs> so, um, so we we uh we grabbed our gear. We kind of we took the scientists to the dock because there's a dock on the ship, and basically, you know, here we just dirt, basically dumped them off. Um, let the dock do what the dock does. Um, you know, then then we had our gear, we took our gear to the skiff, we started putting things away. And there were uh there were two civilians that work on the ship that were in the skiff, which is fine because they had clearance to be in there. But but there was there there was no no military personnel. Like so so the guys that came back to the ship before us, we didn't see them, we didn't see any of the other scientists. Um oh. Sorry, let me let me let me let me just. I left one thing out. So okay. our OIC, which is the, our officer in charge, he was on the ship the whole time. So Lt was on the ship the whole time. Um, he never came off with us. I, for, I forgot to mention that, and it just, it, it just crossed my mind because he left a message on the board in in the skiff, and just basically said, you know, zero seven hundred muster. Because, like I said, it's already dark now, um, so I guess everyone else was sleeping.
1: What does that mean? You know, every- what's that? The zero uh, muster. Yeah.
3: Oh, sorry. So, just like seven a.m. meeting.
1: Oh, okay. Got gotcha. you.
3: So, like a muster is just like um, everybody be here at this time. Okay. Yeah. So. So okay, cool. That 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 wasn't even considering the situation and also we didn't know I mean we kind of talked to the doc briefly asked him if there were any other casualties that came on board and uh he said no so so we just assumed it was all good and um yeah so we kind of the way the way it was divided up like out of the four of us like there were two of us to a room on the ship so me and bravo 1 which um which is the guy that I've mentioned several times, like the, like, like my, my personal friend, um, like we we shared a room. So we dumped our gear off and, you know, there's a few things we had to do. Um, we had to write up some mission logs and stuff like that. So we did all that. Then we went back. Um, we, we showered, you know, and and, and let me tell you, man, we were exhausted. Obviously we, we were just, just out for a couple of days. And, And even if you're out for a casual hike for a couple of days, you're going to be pretty tired. And and we weren't necessarily like climbing and stuff, but it was a pretty rough one, and um, just just exhausting. So we uh we we all shower up, and um, and the other two guys they go off and do their own thing. Yeah. So so now me and uh, me and Bravo one can now have a conversation about everything that just happened because I didn't even tell him. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody about like that Inaki um, and stuff. And, and, and I didn't really, once we got moving, I didn't really think about it too much more. I didn't have time. There was just other stuff happening. Um, So, so we kind of had a chat, like when we were on site on the location, he was, uh, he was doing a lot of like, uh, what we'll just say, environmental scanning. Um, so he didn't run into anything weird like I did. But but I told him about what happened and stuff, and he was like, you know, he, obviously he, he didn't really he didn't really believe it. But then, but then then he kind of had to believe it because we all four saw that that weird stuff with the like the bright orange eyes, like moving through the forest. And none of us knew what that was it that, that was freaky man. you talk about you've heard people like tell stories how like the hair on their neck stands up, man, that's real like if you've like i've I've been afraid before I've been afraid plenty of times but not like like that it was a different type of fear. It was like a cold bone chilling fear you know what I mean
2: yeah.
3: um so it's not not something that you're gonna forget so um long story short. We have our little chat, and then we just we just rack out um, until the next day. And even though it was dark, it was still relatively early because when there's an, yeah, it was it, it doesn't matter. We, we we got some good sleep, so we get up the next day and um, kind of some of us are like moving moving through. We're going to the galley and stuff, and and I'll finally I'm seeing some of the other guys that came back um, before us and we're like oh man we're like what well, what's going what happened what's going on and um and, and and they they were giving us like um like weird answers like like the type of answers that you would give somebody if if you just didn't want them to like be in your business at all like kind of just like putting us off that they, they didn't they wouldn't tell us what happened and it and it was almost like they were pretending that they they didn't even know what happened right they were like what are you guys talking about like 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 almost like we had imagined this thing <sighs> and uh man this this is this is what really messes me up because what happens next man um lt comes in for for the muster so we're out of the galley now we're back in the in the skiff and everybody's there Everyone, the scientists and us. <clears throat> and, uh, and this is strange, man. Um, LT gets up, and, and we think that we're about to get a debrief. And LT gets up and gives us a mission prep brief. And he tells us that we are currently on call for a lost search and recovery team that was out looking for a downed, a downed aircraft. What? Yeah, I know. That's what I said. And, uh, um, so, so I kind of look, look around the room a little bit and, uh, and And it seemed for the most part that the guys that were there they were like they were like into it, like, yeah, you know like like how you would normally be when when you get a a mission you know like a brief a mission brief, but I'm looking at at the four you know the the four of us that were in the back that all saw those orange eyes and and um I'll explain why I think that we're the only ones that kind of knew later because. Uh, like I said, I've been racking my brain for a couple of years, and I and I just um, I don't know what happened, man. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, and I kind of look say something. I can't even remember what I said, man. I was I was kind of shocked, you know. Like I thought, I thought he was joking, but LT doesn't joke, you know. LT does not joke. It's all business. And I, and I said something to him, and and he looks at me like like dead ass, you know, like dead ass serious, like like what are you talking about? Because I I, I had said something, I must have alluded to how we were just out, you know, like oh I said, you know, are we uh, going to look for ourselves or you know something stupid like that? And and no no one said it, man. No one said anything. And I, so I just I just shut up because cause now I don't know I, Tony I, I don't know what's going on at this point I'm I'm, I'm freaking out I don't freak out I'm I'm very calm and, and and I have the ability to process information very quickly and make sense out of very complex things that's that's something I'm very good at and and and, and I was getting to a point where I, I felt like I was like gonna panic like on the inside you know what I mean I'm and I didn't know if anybody else was feeling it. Um, so we just, we, we let the brief end. And um, and like I said, when I was looking around the room, I, I saw the, uh, you know, Bravo uh, 1, 2, and 3. They kind of probably had the same look on their face as, as I did because we kind of exchanged glances. We weren't sitting beside each other. We were just like kind of standing around in a room. It wasn't like a big formal thing. It was just a muster. And... Um, so we we got the hell out of there and uh, oh so he so um let me just back up so uh, LT gave some instructions like what we were gonna do and he said um right now he said just stand by because now that storm is coming in and we're starting to get into a pretty pretty heavy sea state it's, it's, it's not too we're probably like a sea state three or something which just means that like the waves are starting to get pretty big and we're on a a relatively small craft, you know what I mean? So, so, so we had to leave the area to kind of go around the storm. That, that was what we, that, that was our orders. But while we were doing that, uh, apparently we were on a, uh, you know, apparently we were on, on a mission to go recover some, <clears throat> some guys who were on a search and recovery for a downed aircraft. And, uh, yeah, so, so we got the hell out of there. And, um, so at this time, like the, the, when we get in a situation like this, like we set up a watch bill basically. So we just rotate security watches and, you know, someone has to man like the radios and like the encrypted, um, just, uh, just different jobs to do while we're on this particular ship and some of it was security. So you do like patrols and, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> and, and man, I, I feel like I've, am I, am I still making sense
1: here? I, no, I, you're doing fine, man. You're absolutely doing fine. I understand <laughs> that like the more your story unfolds, the more I understand how, difficult it probably is to collect your thoughts all in one cohesive statement for the first time. So you're doing absolutely fine, man. And, uh, you know, I'm just sitting here baffled.
3: I mean, You and me both. I mean, I, yeah, I I don't know. So, so I, as, as we take our, our watches, uh, so basically now we're, we're 12 on 12 off. So a group of us will work for twelve hours while the other group rests, or hits the gym, or does whatever it gets some rec time, you know. And um, and and I'm willing to accept this at this point. Like I'm, I'm also not so naive to think that um that you may I, I'm not naive to totally dismiss the fact that. I may or may not be part of like a PSYOP or, you know, like I, like I said, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about like what's going on, but there's some more weird stuff that I'm going to tell you about before we wrap this up that happens because while we're on these watches, man, um, and this happened on more than one occasion. And and this kind of like, man, this scares the hell out of me because this is like I don't know, like maybe like um, time time slip type of stuff. I don't know. You have probably heard more stories about it, um, but there there was a, a few occasions where I would be doing like a security patrol, for instance. And keep in mind, there's there's like th- about thirty five other people on the ship that actually work on the ship. So like, there's people on the bridge. There's people that have different jobs and do their thing. So it's it's not a it's not a huge ship or anything. So so it's quite common to run into people when you're moving in and out of spaces and stuff. So, um, so the one one night, um, it might have been the first night or the second night. I really, I really don't remember now because these next, like, I would say, thirty to sixty days are are really weird. They all kind of run together, I guess. Um, and I and I don't have like a clear recollection of each day by day by day by day, you know? And that's not totally uncommon for deployment because things become very repetitive and you do kind of get into like a, a groove and you don't pay attention to the days or the times, right? So um, first or second night, um, I'm just on a normal security patrol. So I'm just walking in into uh, particular spaces on the ship. And um, so Tony, um, I, I walk up onto the bridge and um and like i said like we we are doing our best to avoid the storm but it's it's still pretty rough like we're in a pretty good sea state so there's a lot of movement going on like on the ship and um you know we're crashing into waves and just it's 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 just a it's a weird situation it's raining on and off um but i walk into the bridge and it's at nighttime so if you've ever been on a ship at nighttime, like the bridge is completely dark. Like it's to the point where, like, until your eyes adjust, you can't even see people. The only thing you can see is like the instruments that are on, like the panels, and they're not very bright, but you know they're electronic, so you can kind of see them. You know, like the radars and stuff like that. So I, I walk and I walk onto the bridge and and I and I. Well, I, I attempted to to greet the officer of the deck, um, and the captain wasn't on the bridge at this time. He, I guess he was sleeping. You know, it's nighttime, uh, so they had like the I don't even I, I'm not familiar with like ship terminology, so I don't know. Whoever drives the ship, and they had those guys up there, and when I like no one's responding to me. Like usually they're you know these guys are cool. You know they're very welcoming to us and we're always chatting when we see them. So I, I, I get on, I get on the bridge, man. And, and I just you know, say who I am, so they know who I am when I come in because it's dark and and no one's responding to me. And I and I'm sitting there and and I'm thinking like, okay, they're just busy or whatever. And uh, and like as my as my eyes start to adjust, like I can I can see a few guys in there. And, and they're just like standing there completely frozen and, um, and the ship is moving. Like there's, there's good movement with the waves. And these guys are like solid. You, you can't do It's like, you can't do that. You just, it's like, it it, is beyond physics. And, and i don't know it, and i didn't it was just weird you know they weren't talking and it was it was completely pitch black so i just kept it moving at that point and I, and, I, and it was weird man like i got that weird feeling again so i just exited the bridge on the other side and i went around and i went back down to get uh you know bravo one we were on the same watch cycle so i found i found him and uh and we went back up to the bridge and. <laughs> and and i told him what what had just happened and so we we walked onto the bridge tony and it was business as usual the guys were very receptive they were talking to us like you know talking about the weather and and you know tony what does that mean
1: it seems like you were involved in some kind of freezing of time i mean it's it it sounds like it's something straight out of a movie you know like where you walk in and everything's just frozen so like you're you're what you're saying is everybody was frozen like almost frozen in time but everything was moving at the same time like the waves were going the ship was going but the people themselves were just frozen like stopped in time
3: yes and 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 i and i remember having to like balance myself because we took a few while I was you know up there, we took a few you know a few like waves or whatever. And, and, and you can't stand still on a ship like that, and, and it was just weird. And then and and it wasn't five minutes later and everything was back to normal. And and like Bravo, you know Bravo one and two and three, like we all agreed because you remember what happened when we had the muster with Lt and oh uh, and that's something i haven't hit on yet tony we us four were the only people who remembered the stories the way that i've just told it up to this point so just to test it before we even got into it i, I forgot to to mention this like when bravo 1 and i were back in the room on that first night back before we even talked about it we said okay Let's just bullet point the last, you know, two and a half days, what happened. So we separately just wrote down, you know, bullet points of what happened, man. And it was, it was almost identical. So I know that like my version didn't influence his and his didn't influence mine. You know what I mean? Because there's no way that, that we could have known what each other was writing unless we had gone through it. Um, yeah, so, so, so us four were the only, so as, as this is going on, cause like I said, the, the bridge thing happened like the first or second night. And, um, and then when you're on a 12, 12, a watch rotation, you don't necessarily like see the other guys very much, or if you do, all you're doing is like a turnover and then they're off. So it's not like a, you're not, it's not a social call, but, um, from, from what I could gather. Uh, well, I guess from what we could gather is th- these guys, they 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 genuinely or they pretended that they didn't remember anything that had happened of, of this whole story that I've just gone through. It it like didn't exist to them. And and that 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 that's something that has really messed with me and, and even like remember the scientist that was injured? So I ended up catching him one day because they had totally different quarters than us. Um, so we didn't really see them too much, like on the ship. They did, they had different like galley. They had a different recreational room and stuff like that. But anyways, I the the guy that had injured his hip, I, I finally ran into him, and we had a conversation about you know how's his hip doing? And he was like, oh yeah, it's getting better. So I thought, oh, I said okay. I said this guy he he knows what happened. And, and so I asked him what happened. I said, uh, you know, I, I must have said something about, oh, did you get startled? And, you know, whatever, whatever, your hip. And he was like, uh, he was like, no, um, during that storm, I fell down a ladder well on the ship. And that's, that's how he hurt his hip. Huh. So, so he was telling me that because of, you know, he got off balance going, because on a ship, if you're changing levels, you just go up like, up, up or down like a little ladder well. And, and he, he tells me that he heard it because of that. Wow. And, and none of this is making sense to me um, at all, obviously, because it, from my perspective, I've told you what, what has happened. And now, now I'm dealing with a whole different thing so that that freezing thing um it happened again i had walked into a rec room and this was this was a, this time it was in broad daylight and this this was some of the ship's crew and it was some of our guys and the same thing happened man it was like i, I walked in the door and everyone was just like do you remember that mannequin challenge
1: oh yeah where everybody just kind of stands where still. They, like, yeah. And then like the, the beat
3: would drop and people start dense. So that's, that's, that's what it was like, man. I walked in and, and and there's a room full of frozen people again. And I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm trying to talk to these guys. Um, I, 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 there there's some things that I wish I would have done now that I look back at it but I was I was too I think I was just scared man I didn't know what was happening cuz I should have like grabbed them and touched them slapped them did something but um but I didn't I didn't do that um and it was the same type of situation I went um actually this time I didn't even go get anybody because I just figured I'm, I'm going a little bit crazy like like legitimately I was starting to question my own sanity at this point Because nothing is making sense. And at at this point, we're starting to to come around that storm and go back to the original location where we had disembarked, right? And this is when our mission was going to start to go look for these, um, I guess, this this search and rescue crew. So... um, we we circle back around, the seas, they calmed down, um, and, like, word from, like, you know, home, home base, was just, just to hold, because now the storm was land, made landfall, and there's no way they were going to send anybody up there, because there would be all kinds of, like, flash floods, and, you know, mudslides, and you, you you'd never know, so they weren't going to send anybody, and, uh, and, and I've kind of, I guess we're, we're near the end of this because nothing really happened after that. Um, oh, sorry. I will say this, man. There was, a, I was I was spending some time on the bridge, and there were there were some weird anomalies where we would we would pick up. And this was when we were just sitting off that coast um, after the storm, and we were just sitting there um, waiting for actual orders to see what we were going to do. There were these weird anomalies. On the radar, were these air contacts? So you know how radar works. It just um, yeah, it doesn't. Really, I guess it doesn't really matter how it works. But we were getting these contacts that were flying from the landmass directly at us at two hundred and forty some odd knots, which things don't move that fast. And if if they do, we're gonna we're gonna see it. We're gonna hear it. And it, and it got to the point where we kind of we, we reset the equipment, because sometimes like um, like clouds and different like um, atmospheric situations can cause radar to mess up. But we did some troubleshooting on it, and, and this stuff kept happening. It was to the point where, where we sent somebody topside with cameras so they could catch something, because these things would come they would fly straight at the ship, and then when they would get to our position they would completely disappear like from radar no no one ever saw anything um just looking back on it when i think about it that was something very weird i don't know what it was maybe it was equipment malfunction um i, I don't know so um not nothing really happened with that um We, like I said, we were out there between like 30 and 60 more days from the point that we returned to the ship and, uh, and we got orders to just, you know, RTB and basically go home. So, so we did that. and, And man, I'll tell you there, there was so much tension, like so much tension that no, man, no one was even speaking to each other. It was just just a few of us like it was it was weird man it wasn't like that because like i said this is our fourth our fourth trip like we we were we were pretty tight like the whole group was tight and now like by the end of this thing man we i don't know what's going on with them i'm assuming that they think that we're crazy i don't know but there was tension man um just to the point where we were, where we were just ready to get the hell out of there um and just keep it moving. We RTB. We went back stateside, um, and and once we got back stateside, man, no one remembered. Let's um, see. Oh, so when we actually pulled into the first port, this is another thing that never happened before, because because like I said, we were in another country, right? So we first pulled into the port. Man, there were there were two black helicopters that picked up the scientists and took them immediately. And that's weird because we don't have black helicopters, but they were waiting pier side. So that happened. Then we all went home, and then once we returned home, man, um, like the, the crew split up. Like LT, he he got posted like somewhere on the East Coast, um, and then we all kind of individually got put on different teams, and some guys went to different locations altogether. Um and then I, I ended up doing two more deployments before my contract was up. And then dude, I I got the hell out of there. Um because it was just time to go. And um yeah, and, and, and that that's about that's really about it for that story, except for uh a couple years ago I went I went back up to visit Bravo One because uh, he still lives in the same area where we were all stationed, and actually, man, he he got he had got out. Um, he got out, and then recently, man, he went he went like active duty again. And I don't know why, man. There's something there's something up with him. Because I was talking to him. This was just a few weeks ago. Like when I, I remember I had reached out to you, and I felt a little uneasy um, to even tell the story and stuff.
1: Yeah. You weren't sure if you were actually going to come on or not. You kind of like word.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I had to talk to some guys. I wanted to make sure that I'm not like breaching anything. And so anyways, man, I go back or I didn't even go back. I was just talking to him um, just recently, man. He's experiencing like off, off the chart paranormal activity at his house. Like he, he's being woken up in the middle of the night by by slamming doors like he like the way he describes it is he's got this this basement door that's always open like it's a really heavy door so it just stays open and he'll say just in the middle of the night man it'll it'll just slam and then it'll wake him up and then he'll go look and I and I thought oh yeah man I don't know it could be you know a draft or whatever but I also listen to your show so I'm like huh Man, it could be something else. But I I didn't really want to alarm him too much. But then he he volunteered, and he said, oh, yeah. And uh, I've been getting out of the shower, and there's, like, messages written. You know how it steams up?
2: Yeah.
3: He He's telling me that there's, like, messages written on the shower, like, you know, like, different things about uh, it's your time to die and just, like, weird, like, kind of scary messages. And I said, oh. Maybe maybe your your wife or your kid, but no. Like he he's kind of like me, so he's thoroughly investigated it, and 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 he's pretty terrified. Um, obviously, because he's having some weird. I don't know. Like I think you call that kind of stuff like poltergeist or, or something like that. I I, I don't know. Um, but he he did say that he had talked to some of the neighbors in the area because he 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 recently bought the house like within the last couple of years or something, and apparently there was a a young kid, I don't know, a teenager that had died in the house before. So I don't know if that is playing into it. I don't want to speculate. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I went, I went back a couple of years ago just for a visit. Like I said, this was before like the poltergeist stuff. And, and and, and, and there, there's just a few of the guys that I, that I still know in the community that are up there. And I, you know, we got together with them, and, and me and Bravo one, we we like really hung out, did a lot of soul searching, trying to figure this thing out because both of us are, you know, pretty messed up about it. Because I'm I'm kind of of the opinion, man, that like may, maybe like my body is like still out there somewhere, like, and we did like slip into a different reality or a different I, I don't know, man. Because it's just too weird that like I know these things happen, man. I was there. I'm not I'm not I'm not crazy. I never have been. You know, I don't take meds, I don't take drugs. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things I can't explain. That's why I wanted to tell you about it. May maybe you know something. I, I don't know.
1: No, man. You're the one who experienced it. You know more than I would know. Uh this is highly highly unusual. And I think one thing that you can do to take uh, note of is the fact that you do have somebody in your life that remembers the events like they unfolded for you. So you're not crazy, unless you both went crazy with the same crazy story at the same crazy time. I I just don't see that happening. Uh, The things that you experienced with the people being frozen to uh, having to go out and look for yourself and all that stuff, the orders that came through, uh, it does seem like there was some kind of weird time slip. And, and and now that you just mentioned it about your body still being out there, I never considered that this whole, whole time, but it 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 is weird. Like you have, with this kind of thing, you have to consider all possibilities because this is highly paranormal. This is highly unusual. And this is something that you really can't say, oh, well, that couldn't happen because that's impossible. This whole thing is impossible. You know what I mean?
3: This whole thing is impossible. I know man it's so good to talk to you because you it's almost like you you just you know you're you're not judging you kind of you kind of understand
1: yeah man no because i
3: I haven't talked to anybody about this man and i've been kind of keeping it bottled up and and like i said this is part of the reason why i left man after all this stuff happened and there's some other stuff that happened too like um so the other two guys that were involved like the one guy I'll, i'll just call him bravo too like Man, he, he was the best operator I was ever around, and he is total recluse, man. He, he surfaces maybe like once a year, and, and, and I'll either hear from him directly or I'll hear from him indirectly because we have a few different ways to communicate. And, and the other guy, um, you know, Bravo 3, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that, man, he just pulled the pin.
1: Are you serious? So,
3: well, I, that's what I heard. I don't know. I haven't been in contact with them at all, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope I hope it's just speculation, but um, yeah, you really don't know, man. You just I mean, you don't know how people are gonna process things. Like like me, like my my thing was, I'm just gonna pretty much keep it all inside, and I'm gonna gonna find my best exit, and that's what I did, man. And that's, that's why, that's why I'm here and, and, I, and I'm living a I'm living a pretty good life. Yeah. So- and I hope that, I hope that me coming on here doesn't start to change things because I'm in a good place right now. You know, they tried, uh, you know, like when you get out and stuff, you go for psyche vows and all this stuff. And, and I never told the, the counselors anything about this kind of stuff, but they they still try to put me on meds, man, and I refuse them. They just figured, I guess, from all the other like normal stuff that we went through, that I have PTSD. Because they, you know, I, they they did diagnose me and all that, but I don't I don't think so, man. I I don't care because I don't I don't take the meds anyways. I, I'm I'm okay without them because I, I've known guys that get on these meds, man, and they kind of. Uh, you know, they, they go, they, they they lose the plot.
1: Yeah. You know, a couple of times now you've mentioned that that's why you got out. And I, I I just, I don't know if we mentioned in the beginning of the show and stuff, but I just want to let the, the audience know that you, you were part of the United States military. You were American. And after this event and you got out of the military, you actually left the country. And I don't know if we mentioned where you're at and stuff, but, uh, if, yeah,
3: let's not yeah. let's, if we didn't let's leave it
1: yeah it we'll just leave it as that but i mean you're out of country now and for a few years you've been out and so this affected you to the point where you left everything that you known to start over somewhere in a different country and uh, i wanted to ask you uh what about your family do they know where you're at do they know why you left are they okay w- what's what's that whole angle about
3: oh uh, they, they, they know where i am yeah. um they, they they don't, they don't know the details. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I haven't figured out a way to tell anybody yet, except for now I've told the podcast, but you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't, I don't know how I could like look at my dad or, you know, somebody very close to me and, and rattle this story off. I, I just, you know, I just can't do it. So they, they just assume that I got a good opportunity because, because I, I did, I, I have a, Like I said, I do have a good opportunity and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's working for me here. So as far as they're concerned, I just voluntarily came here.
1: Do you ever go back home?
3: Yeah. Every once in a while, maybe once every two years. Okay. And, and I, and I, and I only go to where I'm from, from, um, except the one, the one time I did take an excursion to go see Bravo one. Um, other than that, I just go see my people. I, I don't announce it. I don't do anything. I just go and then I leave. Yeah. So not, not, not because I'm worried about anything. I, I just, that's just what, how I do it. I don't know.
1: No, it's just what I do. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to explain yourself on that, man. Uh, so there's, there's four people, you, Bravo one, two other guys. And I'm if I'm, if I'm recalling this correctly, all four of you, to this day, except for maybe that one guy, remember the events as they unfolded, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, because I I know for sure Bravo 1 does. I know for sure Bravo 2 does, the the recluse. And I know for sure that the, you know, Bravo 3, he he did, I mean, we all discussed it face-to-face. So, yeah, there were four people after the fact that could corroborate
1: what happened. It makes me wonder what was different about you four that you guys have your memories about this, but nobody else does. I mean, because yeah, I'm glad you asked.
3: Cause like I said, I've had, I've had, um, you know, some years to piece it together and, and, and the only like logical conclusion that I kind of came up with, um, because I wondered the same thing. I said, I said, well, why would we, but maybe it's because These orange eyes that we saw didn't see us, and maybe those guys saw the orange eyes, and the orange eyes saw them, and it did something. I don't. That's the only thing because I I hear some of your other shows, and I forget which show I was listening to. It yours. Somebody said something that kind of triggered that in my mind. Thing like, oh, well, maybe they actually made eye contact with whatever this the stuff was. And, um, yeah, I don't know. And, 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 maybe that, that, that's it. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, I definitely think that could be a possibility the orange eyes. It, when you were describing them originally, I, I, I can't remember what you said, but I feel like you said something like, uh, the orange eyes looked like something. Was it was like a technology or something. What, what do you remember what you were saying? I can't remember.
3: Oh yeah. I, 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 I just said that because the way that these these things were moving that they didn't really look like how like normal like it was very asymmetrical so if if you were like if it was another unit that was like trying to track us down they would be moving very symmetrically um like as a unit as a you know because that's what you're trained to do so th- these these things were moving very asymmetrically and like i said um or maybe i didn't say but they they were different sizes, so some were like really tall. Some some appeared to be short. But what I said was maybe it was other people that had optics on,
1: like you had, like
3: maybe had, yeah, like some type of night vision or something that they had that just appeared to be orange. But I but 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 I couldn't see it on night vision. I couldn't see it with my naked eye. I could only see it on the fleer. or I should okay. say we.
1: Now, you this could is, only see it on the fleer. Now this is just playing off of what you already put out there as a theory. But what if that was you guys looking for yourselves in this time slip? And because you didn't come in in contact with your own self, you have the memories of what happened there. And maybe your own self in the other time slip has forgotten why he's even there.
2: Oh, man.
3: I don't know. Oh, man. Wow. I never considered that
1: because you said that they they like you at one point you said something about uh, shadow figures being on the show and you remember hearing about that. I mean, it almost makes me feel like maybe these were like you were you they were paralleling time slips and what you were seeing was almost like a shadow image of yourselves with the optics on. And I I don't know like it, <laughs> it's just something I thought of. That is.
3: Wow, uh, that never crossed my mind, and and that's that that sounds like it could be plausible. It's trippy. Oh, oh man, yeah. Wow, I'm really wow. I'm I'm gonna have to think on that one because, man, that 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 could be it. I mean, what else could it be?
1: I don't know. I mean, because. It, it when you're describing the story, it sounded almost like when you got on ship, somebody had a memory eraser device like Men in Black, and you just didn't get it for some reason, which doesn't make sense. And it's like it's almost like when you got back to the ship, whoever got back there first already didn't have memories of what you had. It it, it it's just it's very strange, and the fact that why you were out there, the craft that you found. And uh, the things that you found on it is um, it might be the whole reason why there was a time slip to begin with. Maybe there was some kind of uh, paranormal slash alien technology type stuff that we as a military have been messing with, and there's repercussions for that, because uh, you said that it's a craft that you've never seen before is very strange. there are parts of it that were cold, that shouldn't have been cold. Yet when you got inside, your devices we were able to work on it so it's almost like yeah it's almost like if this was a military a piece of military equipment it, it was like they're using alien technology but maybe the alien technology that that how do i say this like um maybe the things that you have that you were using as tools and stuff were are alien technology it's just you were trained on it and that's why it actually worked on this craft does that make sense
3: wow Wow. Yeah. You, 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 you are saying things that I never considered because yeah, we, we did use like stuff that you can't buy at Best Buy, you know?
1: Yeah. Like it's
3: we 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 a whole different set of equipment. Now that you mentioned that maybe, wow. Yeah. You're actually giving me a few, a few things to think about that actually make a lot of sense. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I, uh, I just, when I'm sitting here listening to your story, uh, I'm just thinking and I'm like, there's something off about this. But even before you got to the time slip part, uh, the way you were describing the craft and how your devices worked on the craft. I was like, okay, so what he just described sounded like alien, an alien craft of some sort, even the way it, it crashed landed supposedly. And, uh, then, but then your your things worked on the craft. And uh, that, that was like a, a head scratcher to me because you would think that as you're oh, approaching right, something yeah. that you are not familiar with, it looks totally alien in the definition word of alien, not from this uh, known world, you know, whether it's from us right, or yeah. not, uh, but it's just alien to you. Yeah. Um, but that your stuff worked on the inside. And then the guy who was there with you where you saw the Enochian language um knew what it was that is something that is a red flag that tripped movie. me out yeah and i don't understand mm-hmm. i i they, the, the the guy that said that to you is he one of the guys that didn't have memories of what happened
3: yep he's one of them wow see that's because that not, none of none of none of the scientists remembered
1: none of them oh he was a scientist
3: yeah yeah he was he was okay. yeah he was a scientist. See that that's why I thought it was strange when he when he said when he said, Oh, you won't you won't find it in your manual because he's a civilian and I'm and I'm like, well, How do you know what's in my manual? And then that's when he said, Oh, it's Enochian or I guess Enochian. But he said Enochian. Okay. So like later on, you know, like um I have researched and tried to find everything I could on this stuff and 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 it's kinda like you said earlier, it's like a very um ancient it's really an ancient angelic language and from what i found there is a side you like a like a part of it used by demons and a side of it used by angels now why it was on this computer screen and and part of this equipment man i have no idea
1: well there's it's there's um these ideas out there that um our u.s military governmental entities are in communication, because you've heard of people saying that our government's in communication with aliens. Uh, some people believe yeah, that sure. fallen angels are aliens. Some people believe that our government military is in communication with fallen angels. And if that were true, which I don't know if it's true or not, but if that is true, that would possibly describe uh, under lend some understanding as to how uh, there was Enochian language on this, uh, Enoch, the book of Enoch, talking about fallen angels and what happened in that event. Uh, and there, the, there's this whole other side of Enochian magic, uh, which is like ceremonial magic that you know evokes spirits and things like that. It, there's a whole nother level to this that when you just... And that was just a small part of your story, talking about the Enochian language, <laughs> But that itself might be a very, very uh, large key to unlocking what was going on there.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Because that's, that's one point that I keep coming back to. Like when I go over this stuff in my mind, like I, I keep going back to that. And, and I go back to how did this guy know? And then I go back to before we even left how they seem to be like really on edge or, or just straight up in fear. So kind of maybe they, they kind of maybe had a different mission brief than us and they knew maybe what we were getting into. I don't know, man. I don't know. Wow. But, wow. but none of it makes sense. And like, I, you know, I've reconciled what I can reconcile. You've given me a few really good things to think about, but, uh, otherwise, man, I, you know, I don't really want any other parts of this. Uh, I'll probably never really talk about it again, especially publicly, but I, I just wanted to reach out to you and, and see what you thought.
1: Yeah. You know, before we end this, I want to ask you one more question. When you saw those entities walking and with the, you know, the orange eyes, were they walking in the direction of the craft?
3: No, we were going to, so they were coming from that direction. Okay. So they, like I said, like we we were like on the aft post, um, the way we were set up, and they were moving past us like horizontally towards the front of the group. See. But they, they were still, they were still. it appeared that they were probably about 50 meters away from us. But they didn't make any sounds. It was just, you know, Bravo One had spotted them. That's what alerted, alerted us
1: wow it 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 really makes you wonder if if that was some kind of time slip where you know your unit in a different time lap was coming from that craft and that's what you were seeing and somehow those that's freak those things consumed the timeline except for yours um how you said there's about twenty of them how many were there of you guys uh.
3: There were 16 of us. 16. Maybe, maybe there was only 16. You know, I was, that's just an estimate. Right. I didn't count because as things move in and out of like, you know, behind trees and different stuff, I don't really have a, an actual count.
1: Yeah. I'm not trying to figure uh, out, man. I just, I'm just. No, no, no,
3: no. No, no I, 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 I honestly like where you're going. I, I like where you're going, like where your head is with it because it it, it, seems, it seems to make sense definitely seems to make sense like in, well if any of this makes sense <laughs> that help make it make
1: sense you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i can understand uh,
3: bizarre is that like really really bizarre man
1: so you had this experience and i don't know i i mean i'm i i can't tell you what you experienced other than it's obviously highly unusual and there's a lot of different angles to go about looking at this, uh, man, I'm always available for you to talk to if you want to, you know, bang ideas. You know how to get a hold of me. Um, I I'm absolutely fine with talking with you about this and talking through it. Um, it's I appreciate that. And, and I'm I'm not military. I, I'm just a goofball with a podcast that thinks outside the box. And so, um, no,
3: don't, don't sell yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just you know because. I want you to know, man, like this, this stuff is crazy that you experienced. And, uh, I believe you. I believe you. And it, it's a, thank you. It's a, yeah. a crappy thing that you have to go through. And uh, it obviously affected your life and it's probably going to affect you for the rest of your life. And so uh, even the idea of PTSD, that might be something that sets in for real later on in life as you start remembering things and you start putting things together, it might cause PTSD. So, you know, just don't don't ever um, cut anything out as an option when it comes to dealing with this, because uh, at some point you might feel like, hey, I might need that medication now and that's okay. That's okay.
3: Yeah, no that's fair. That's fair. I I appreciate that.
1: There's there's too much that's there's too much uh, There it, I don't like the way people treat um mental illness on a grand scale. Uh it like it's it's okay. Like the way I look at it like did have you ever broken a bone? It's the same thing. It it, it it's just a physical issue that needs correction. And so, uh, it's nothing, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's, you're not unusual. Nobody's unusual that has that kind of issue. It's natural. It's fine. Uh, it just needs to be dealt with just like a broken bone. And so, um, so you can heal properly. Uh, so I'm just saying that I, I I believe you that you don't feel PTSD right now. I'm just saying as time goes on, that might set in. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. that, That does happen sometimes. Yeah.
1: Well, man, I appreciate you talking to us and I know uh I think you had said that there were several um deployments that you went on that were unusual, but I'm assuming this is the most unusual one you went on.
3: Yeah, no, uh, I I I if I, if I said that I didn't mean that <clears throat> um most of them were pretty standard. Oh, okay. Um nothing like this. It was this was just this was an anomaly for sure. Cause, cause the, the, the two, two more that I went on after were, you know, pretty much like the first three, like as far as what was expected and what happened.
1: Gotcha. Well, Charlie, so, so listen, yeah, if,
3: I, if, I, if I said that I did miss misspeak, I didn't mean that.
1: No, it's fine. I don't think you said during the interview, I feel like I, I remembered reading that somewhere in the emails or something like that, but I, I probably misread uh-huh. it um, or misremembering, but Charlie, man, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this account. And I think people are really going to be baffled by it as much as you are. So I really do appreciate you coming on and just feeling open enough to share it with the community.
3: Yeah, definitely, man. I I appreciate you giving me your ear and uh, letting letting me uh, get it off my chest. I, I really do appreciate that. It means a lot. Thank you.
1: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, go ahead and share this show around social media. Take the link that you're listening to right now and share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can share the link. Go ahead and do that. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can follow us on YouTube, hit subscribe. All those things are available to you, and you can also subscribe to the newsletter, which is a monthly newsletter that will give you the down low on what's coming down the pike. From the confessionals. Until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. Uh-huh.
0: the stars Shine tonight Up, Up in the, the- stars